how to live your life by design and not by default. With Donna Tasjian, the founder of Vibrant Living International, on episode number 185 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Muller. The main, the main thing I was kind of alluding to is changing my baggage for luggage thinking yes. is changing the way I looked at things and even a little bit of I'm going to prove I'm wrong attitude. But the core of the reason why I am the woman that I am today was at a very young age, I had faith in God. This is Dom Brightman here from DomBrightman.com, certified self-leadership trainer and host of the Going North podcast. And you are listening to Dr. Brad Miller on the Beyond Adversity podcast, where he will help you along with his wonderful guests that he brings on from time to time, advance in your life, go for more and use your adversity to create your next ultimate advantage. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. We are so pleased and privileged that you joined us here today. We are here to be helpful to you, helpful to you to overcome adverse life events like depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death, and to come to your place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We like to call it to grow through what you go through. And we like to talk to great people to help you with all those types of things. No exception here on episode number 185 when we have Donna Tejan with us from iVibrantLiving.com who's going to help us to design our life and how to live our best life and achieve our greatness and to overcome adversity. We did want you to know you can always go to drbradmiller.com and find all the back episodes of this podcast, which are going to be helpful to you. And we've got a free gift for you there. Donna Tejan was a woman who found herself in some difficult situations in life, or in her words, her life spiraling out of control. Among other things in her life, she became a mom as a teenager, and she was experiencing hopelessness and self-doubt and shame, fear, loneliness, that's just a few things. And, and she found her way to a different place through faith and through a process that she teaches. So you're going to learn her process here today that life is not only when you want to, if you want to reach your full potential in life, it's not just about coping with adversity. It's about obliterating it. And we're going to talk to her about this today. So you'll learn, you feel the emotions of her story. You're going to learn about her process that's going to be helpful to you. She blogs at iVibrantLiving.com. She's got a number of programs there that can be helpful to your life. But the most helpful thing we can do right now is to talk to her. So, so let's get into our conversation right now with Donna Tejan from iVibrantLiving.com. Our guest today is all about vibrant living. 
She is all about helping you to design your life for, for greatness. And she has a knack for helping people she works with turn fear into excitement and exposing lies we might tell ourselves so that the truth can shine through. Her name is Donna Tastian, and she comes to us from iVibrantLiving.com. Welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. It is a pleasure to be here today. Well, that is uh, awesome to have you. You've got a lot of fascinating things on your website and your coaching programs and your the, the resources that, that you offer and to help people to break out of whatever situation they are in and to live a more great life. But you seem to be in a pretty good place in your life now, but I I got a feeling it's not always been the case uh, for you. Would you just share with us a a little bit about your story, Donna, about uh, maybe a time in your life when you had adversity in your life and felt compelled then to eventually do something about it? Yes, I would be happy to. My story starts in my childhood where some adversity um, arose, I guess you could say. I grew up in a blended family. My biological father really didn't have anything to do with me. For those of you who know, whenever that happens, there's abandonment issues and different feelings that uh, arise, in a, especially to me and a little girl. But in the blended family, it was a little bit rough in making some adjustment as my mother remarried. And But at the age of, I guess I would have been 14, someone that we knew hurt me and I became pregnant. And at 15, I was a mom. Wasn't the way that I thought things were going to go. To me, one of the hardest things about adversity is when it's when it didn't go the way we thought it would. And we get stuck in that disappointment loop of this is not what I planned. This is not the way I thought it would be. This is not the way it's supposed to be. I have a program that I call turning your baggage into luggage so that then you can live the life you've always dreamed. And when I talk about baggage thinking is we carry the labels that were placed on me at that time to say that those years were hard. I raised my little girl. There's no adjectives to describe the shame that was, I grew up in a religious family where no matter what the cause, it wasn't okay. And learning how to finish high school, how to all of a sudden take care of a child. And when I should be going to the prom, you know, I should be in my your mind, world, your whole world um, was just upended completely. Wasn't it? it was completely. There was just nothing and nothing the same. And so, by the time I'm 18, I have a three-year-old. You know, just to give you an idea, you know, where were you when you were 18? <laughs> it was just like, and so none of it. When I turned 16, and none of all of those memories are like I thought they would go. And it can cause I anger. You know, why this isn't fair? This isn't right? This isn't just? Somebody should pay, but nobody's paying. And then there's silence where you can't tell anybody. You can't tell anybody this happened. You can't tell anybody anything about it. And you're just trying to figure out how to make it. Hmm. So luggage thinking, on the other hand, is I, it took me a while to get here, but I'm not going to let what they said define me. And I am going to use this to grow and to become the best me I can be. 
Well, let's talk for a second about what some of those things were. You talk yeah. about changing your baggage into luggage and a profound story of, you know, blended family and the dynamics of the family were not necessarily healthy. There was, you know, some dysfunction there, obviously. And then whatever happened that led you the hurt that you said someone hurt you and mm-hmm. you ended up being a teen mom. A child having a child, you know, yes. you were doing that and that process. And so all the it's hard enough to be it's hard enough both to be a teenager alone and to be a mother yes. alone and yes. a single mom i think you were all that at once i mean and you had all that at once what a ma- massive amount of baggage did you say yes. and in order to turn that into luggage you had to take some action you had to do some mm-hmm. things you had to break some mindset or something along that line so tell us a little bit of what Back then, and how that translates into what you do now. What are some of the actions that you took, Donna, to uh, break out of that pattern? The main, the main thing I was kind of alluding to is changing my baggage for luggage thinking. Yes. Is, is changing the way I looked at things, and even a little bit of "I'm going to prove them wrong" yeah. attitude. But the core of the reason why I am the woman that I am today was at a very young age I had faith in God. And without it, I don't know where I had been. I would have been. I would have been another statistic of moms having, you know, having multiple kids out of wedlock, you know, not being married. I would have all followed all that if I had not had my relationship with God. And there were most of the, there was a good period of years because of the code of silence that is uh, corrupted around these kind of events that occur. There wasn't anybody I could talk to but him. And so that was the other thing is, is I could have chosen to turn away from him and blame God, but I didn't. And one of the things I can say, it's been quite a few years since that occurred is God has never failed me. And so to me, that was the key in me changing my thinking was my faith is beginning to say, I don't know how this is going to work out, but we're going to get through this. We're going to come out on top. I don't know all the answers yet. And lots of tears, lots of crying out my heart, lots of grief of writing in my journals about the things that I've lost, a lot of processing that. And I don't know that, I mean, a few years back, something occurred that made me feel that young girl again. And so sometimes there's just deeper healing through it all. Hmm. But the biggest thing for me was to begin to change what I was speaking and change what I was thinking and begin to create a vision for where I wanted to go as opposed to if I just can be really, but just wallowing in the pain. Well, I've heard uh, you say several things here now that I've considered very, very profound action steps that, that you took, even in the context and correct me if I'm wrong, that you said you turned to faith and that is awesome man of faith myself, but even the context of some people who would proclaim themselves as faith people, church folks, whatever you want to say, may have been a part of your pain, if I understood some of what we said earlier, some of the expectations and understandings or lack of understanding or lack of really a true, what I would call a a, a grace-filled approach, which is the foundation of 
faith, but you took your faith <laughs> action, but you also did a lot in that process. And I believe this is a faith thing too. You know, you did some journaling work, you processed some things, you did some self-talk, you did some uh, journaling, I understand. So that sounds like some of the things that you did to help then to embrace your faith, whereas a lot of folks would have rejected a faith approach given your experience. Is that anywhere accurate? You know, some of the things that you took upon yourself. It is. It is accurate. And I, anyone out there that's faced some of those dark moments, it is choosing if sometimes the religious God that we see in some places aren't, isn't the God that I experienced in that moment or in those moments, it was a God of love. And, you know, and there, we want, this isn't a debate about the condition of, of faith, right. but, but Again, knowing, it's talking about your experience though. And this my experience, kind of the framework yes. of your experience had this say religious yes. as a kind yes. of some distinction of the faith, religious context, which is a part of some of the hurt that you experienced. Yes. And Absolutely. some people get dissolved in that and take over. And some- I, I easily could have, but for me, I got into the Bible and to say, what is the faith that my parents said? What does it really say in here? And found it for myself. That was part of my process. And it was more than self-talk. I was speaking what God said about me instead of what I felt about me. Hmm. Affirmations, declarations, whatever word you want to say. He said I was precious. He said I was pure. He said I was beautiful. He said all the things I never felt. And so beginning to recognize and see myself the way the creator God does was part of my whole process. And the steps I took was journaling and declarations and prayer and all of those kind of, and there was a lot of movement in, I mean, I was full-time employed at the age of 18, going to college part-time, raising a daughter by myself. You did a lot. Just had to do. I was determined not to be what they said I might be. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought there. No, that's okay. It sounds like you really uh, had a connecting moment with a higher power, with uh, your faith moment. Whereas you could, you know, we sometimes we have these defining moments, Donna, where we can choose one pathway that can lead us into a ditch, or we can choose another pathway which leads us. The biblical metaphor might be to the promised land. You know, you get through the wilderness mm-hmm. to the to the promised land, and uh, so. I believe, you know, we have to take physical action, you know, just choosing and the self-talk and all, all the things we talked about already. But also you have to make a connection to a higher power, something greater. And that often kind of leads us to some sort of a aha, or I could have had a V8 moment. But did you have any kind of moment was just really transitional and transformative to you in your inner life, you know, that was important to you that really kind of flipped the switch for you? I can't remember a specific, you know, flipping of my switch, if you say. One person told me when I was telling my story recently, Donna, you're a walking miracle. And I smiled politely and said, thank you. But I'm thinking, man, this miracle was one big, hard choice, one after another, after another, after another. And doesn't mean that I did everything right during that time. Not alluding to that at all. There were still mistakes that I made. I was a little girl along the way through it all but it was getting up again if you made a mistake and moving forward and and I don't think it was any magic moment it was just having 
the tenacity to when I fell down to keep up, to go when it didn't go the way I thought again, keep going until I, um, well, then I met my husband. So, you know, and my future husband and things begin to move a little bit better from that point on. But those earlier years were really, really a lot of just putting one foot in front of the other. And I had a child to take care of. And there's something about that that pulls us out of the bed, you know. And so having a child was one, a wonderful thing in that respect is because it kept, she kept me going. She was the one making me smile and laugh. She was the one discovering the world in all brand new ways, like any child does. And but so still, learning- what an, that is all true, of course, but what a tremendous responsibility yes. and the pressure yes. that comes. And, you know, I've in my uh, ministry, I've worked with lots of folks, both the young women and young men who've had children and their involved with things. And it's always a, a drama that is exceedingly, exceedingly trying. Yes. And you did that. And that's a great thing. And I love what you said there about you just put one foot in front of the other. You kept being tenacious about it. You were not going to give up. Now, maybe it was having that little girl who's going to keep you going, but so be it. That's how God works sometimes. through the. And not everybody does keep going. We know you and I have both had the stories where women didn't, even though they had kids. And so only thing that I can give it to is, is that I was very tenacious about my faith and determined, absolutely determined to be able to, if I was to word it today, Hmm. turn my baggage into luggage so that now I am impacting women and helping women all around the world. That is awesome. That is awesome. And part of this process, then you have chosen then to serve other women particularly, but you have developed a sense of relationship with other people that has, as you say, take the baggage and turn it into luggage, meaning mm-hmm. you develop positive relationships where it would be so easy to dissolve into bitterness or rejection Absolutely. or any of the negative nonsense that can just drag us down. So tell me a little bit, you know, the physical, which is the action piece, the spiritual, which is that inner life, but also the emotional, which has to do with our relationships. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how relationships helped you and how what you do helps others in positive ways that might be mentors or teachers. It might be your your husband. It might be other folks in your life who came into play or, or counseling or accountability groups or even... Thing. Tell me about relationships which were helpful to you in this process to get you through this adversity. Um, there were some a, a few relationships before I met my husband, but majority of those younger years, if I will, beginning years, I it was me by myself. I had some relationship with some family members, but those were positive and negative kind of a situation. Not all of them were. They can't fill with their own baggage, didn't they? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff attached to people that are close to you. But when I met my husband, I remember the first time he told me he loved me. We were dating. And I looked at him and said, that's nice. And he told me later, he goes, I felt like I had just dropped a lead balloon. It's like, (laughs) there was nothing. And I'm like, and, and I told him later, you know how many men told me they loved me? Yeah. I'm like, that meant it didn't mean, buy it, did you? Just didn't it didn't buy it. mean anything. What I thought in my head was, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. 
if you do love me. And your daughter was about how old at that time? I'm just curious about that. When we met, she was just about to turn three. Okay. So. I only ask that because I factor in how things play out yes. in relationships after uh, you know, a child's in the picture. Yeah. And because then, you know, everyone's agenda shifts a little bit when another person comes yes. is involved. So, well, that's great. So your husband then became a source of an yes. emotional bond, which was helpful to you. Yes. And what, Absolutely. what ways, so he kind of started off kind of one down, if you will, you know, he had to get up to even and he knew the whole story. So he understood that kind so, of concept, but he wasn't, he wasn't that much older than me. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a little bit to handle a ready-made family <laughs> and yeah. all of that, but he, did he, had, have, did he have children at the time? No, he did not. Yeah. yeah. The things that he did and you did to break pattern there to go forward because you now one of the things one of our he's got going on but he did some things there didn't he yes one of the things that we did early in our marriage is is that he would tell me he would he loved me and I would say what or he would tell me I was beautiful or pretty today one of those kind of things and I would say what and my my spot my my reasoning for that is because he would have to say it again and okay so and it became, it's now quite a, you know, quite a humorous kind of joke over the years. Next week, we will have been married 37 years. Oh, that is awesome. So, but I would say well, if I was having a hard day and he said, I love you. And I go, what? And he would know that I was having a hard day. And so he would do things to be able to make me know because I didn't believe I could be loved. Really? As, when you said, I'm just curious now, I'm going to go a little deeper in that one question. When you said, what were you just to hear or kind of yes. what with a, or what with a question mark to or both. It was it was like what'd you say? Yeah. Kind of a thing, you know, so that he would say it again. But I'm not sure how that exactly transpired where it happened, but it became a thing so that he understood that I was struggling with believing. So in my head I'm like, yeah, I don't believe you. So or you whatever. Needed, you needed so, that information from him. I wanted uh, it and repeated, he gave it to repeated. me. And he gave it to me. And okay. so Self-affirmation from you had your self-affirmations you talked about and your self-belief and turning to faith and your Bible study and all that, but Mm -hmm. you affirmation from your husband. Yes. And that is so awesome. And then in turn, I have to believe there was a time when you transformed yourself and you believed him, you know, yes. and you bought it. Otherwise, hey, 37 years is pretty no. good. If you're keeping this <laughs> keep, going for 37 years, that's... Uh, no, we, we don't do... If we do it, if I happen to do it once in a while, it's a joke now, but no, it's not. And any, the other thing that was difficult is, is back in the day when we got married, sometimes the word where the wife would obey their husband was in the vows. And I told him, I go, I'm not promising to obey because I didn't trust enough. Even though I believed he loved me, I really did. And then I loved him. I was still so insecure in through that whole process. And so trust is something that grows. And we were willing to be honest and talk things through. We did a lot of marriage seminars. We did a lot of books. Anytime our church would hold something like that, we would go and get tune-ups, if you will, because every good relationship takes effort. This doesn't just happen. And put in the work, didn't you? You put in the effort. 
the church that we were involved in was another place of relationships that were helpful in supporting us early in our marriage. And, but most of the things were centered around faith that brought us through. That was the, how to, how to parent, how to do all of that was, you know, parenting was another thing that of course you have to work through. He already doesn't have an infant. He has, well, when we were married, five and a half year old. And so it's a different, different kind of learning how to walk through all of that. Well, I can, I can relate to you a little bit, Donna. My, I come from a, my family is a blended family where my wife and I, when we got married, I had a five and a half year old. So I can relate to, to that from my prior marriage. And so it comes with its dynamics. And we've been married over 30 years now. So mm-hmm. uh, I can appreciate where you're coming from and resonate with that. But somewhere along the line, you had this transition yourself, but also now you've also had another transition Another transformation, if you allow me to go here, where you now, what you've experienced, I believe you have the love and the care and the concern to share what you've experienced and what you've learned with other people. And so not everybody does that, you know, I mean, not everybody has to do. You've done the work for yourself. That is pretty good. That's awesome. But you've gone another another step and you've created your website, ivibrantliving.com, and you have... I just want to know what led you to have this transition to want to share with others what you've learned. Well, I'm always from an earlier age. Anyway, I was always the girl people would be talking through is usually through some volunteer organizations, nonprofits, and as well as the church I was involved in where, where women would be sitting and telling me things. And they're like, I can't believe I'm telling you this. And then I would be assisting them through their pain points. So it's been something that I have been doing as long as I can remember just about that. I have been mentoring, encouraging, advising in church, discipling, all of those kind of words for many years. And, but I never really looked at it as something that I was good at. You know how you can miss things that you're actually good at. And so a few years, well, I guess it's been about 10 years ago now, I took a job at a nonprofit thinking it was going to be that place, that passion place. It was kind of like, I need to, I know there's something more I'm supposed to do. It was one of those kind of things. And anyway, it didn't work out. I was let go. That's a whole nother story that I won't get into. And it was, it was when I picked myself off the ground, which, you know, I've been there before. (laughs) And I'm like, what do I want to do now that I'm all grown up? My kids are married. I have grandkids. It's like, what do I, God, what do you have for me? And he showed me this red thread was the visual I had going through my life where I was always had a component of sitting with women, helping them through their pain points in their life. So I'm like, how do I do that? So I had lost this job. So finances were tighter, but, but my husband and I prayed about it. And I went to school to get my coaching certifications to learn how to do what I was inherently gifted at even better. Since then, I've also been ordained. And so learning how to do what I'm doing and take it and make it in a teachable step-by-step program that people can walk through rather than before just sitting and talking about it. Hmm. Now I have action steps to be able to walk people through. So that's how I got here. 
Well, and now that you're here, let's talk about what you're doing about it because you cared enough to go to your uh, your schooling and get your certification and to serve other people. So let's just say that there is a uh, kind of a young single mom now mm-hmm. and who has her life is in disarray, to say the least. And if she is told by uh, somebody in her life that, hey, Check out this website. Mm. Check out this person, Donna. Maybe she can be helpful. What is that uh, young woman going to find with you that can be helpful in her life? Well, there's a lot of resources that are available there for people to take advantage of. So there's free books. There's my podcast. There's other resources. I've written four books. So there's other ones there too that are available for people. I blog, I do videos, all of that kind of stuff is available just to get to know me. One, remember how I talked about trusting? Yes. And so it's the same thing as a coach when I helping women is they need to get to know me a little bit so that they can understand and begin to trust that I know what I'm talking about. And I'm there for them. I have been called one of the most intuitive and compassionate women. So you will get a cheerleader. You will get someone who understands and can walk through those pain points with you to be able to actually have the life you'd, you would really dream. Well, that is awesome. And just to be kind of specific for a minute, you have at least three workshops that you have. And you've mentioned one already about these are the type of things people are going to find. Uh, Just maybe take one of those and just give us a short synopsis of one of your at least three workshops that you have so people can get an example of what they're going to find. The turning your baggage into luggage is two different ways. It's a group coaching program as well as an individual, depending upon what the the person prefers. And we go through content, discovering what you really want out of life, how to repackage, to unpack my baggage and actually deal with it, and then repack it into luggage, if you will, using my analogy on that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first first program. The second one that follows that one is called life by design, not by default. Most of us have lived life just feeling like we're buffeted by life and circumstances. At least I did. And learning how to be able to take that so that I can then create a life by design, not by default is my next program. So now that I've repacked my baggage, I don't know where I want to go. And so that our program helps us figure out the destination that they would want to go. And both of those are available in groups as well as. Well, that, that's awesome. What I love about that, Don, is it gives people a process to follow. And that's what yes. I love to do here beyond adversity. You get beyond your adversity by following a pathway, a promise, a pathway yes. to a promised life, I like to call it, right. of peace, prosperity, and purpose. But you got to get on that road and you give us some uh, map or guide uh, to help yes. people to do that. And uh, people can can find that at your website, which is ivibrantliving.com. Yes. We'll put a connection to that on our website, drbradmiller.com. One more thing for you, Donna, before we lo- let you go. Tell us about, you know, I gave you kind of the hypothetical of a person who would come to you and see what they could find. But if you will be so kind as maybe share with us about a person who did find you or find you and about how 
you were part of or you saw some transformation take place. Do you mind sharing a testimonial story? Sure. One woman came to me and the initial thing that she was talking to me about was she had, she had lost her husband. I think when she met with me, it was three years prior when we first met, he had, they had had an argument and he had gone out for milk, if you will, and didn't come home. There was a car accident and he didn't come home. And her response was her mom had told her, well, God didn't give you more than you can bear. And I was in a, doing a live workshop and I asked for people's feedback. And, and one woman said, well, God was there for me. And she replied, well, he wasn't there for me. And, but, you know, she used that, that quote. And I said to her, do you realize that that actual quote isn't in the Bible? That God didn't say he was the giving of the problems. Yeah. <laughs> and so we entered into a coaching relationship with us. And she, I've soon found out she had an abusive childhood, very religious, very difficult. She had been married before. This was her second marriage. And she was full of fear and self and really not liking herself that well and lacking of trust and deeper relationships when we began. And so she has been working with me for a while. Uh, she, <laughs> excuse me, and you would not know that it was the same day, the same person. She used to walk around like a rain cloud and now she looks like the sunshine and she is making choices for her life and discovering what she would really like out of life and reframing that she is full of joy and anticipation. And I asked her the other day, so do you like yourself? And she goes, yes, it's so great. And so learning how to And part of that process was forgiveness and all kinds of things as part of that process to be able to move from the rain cloud to like you're walking in the sunshine. And so that's one story. That is so awesome. I love that imagery of walking from the rain cloud to the sunshine. And when when we're any part of that process for someone, there's really nothing better. All right, we thank Donna Tejan from iVibrantLiving.com for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Meller. I hope that you heard her story today, how she was able to deal with the emotions and the setbacks and all the uh, disruption in her life of being a mother as a teenager and all the other things that came along with that shame and fear and loneliness. And she turned it around through her Christian faith and through taking some action. So we learned here today about some of the actions that you can take to obliterate fears and then to reach your full potential. And we also learned the process here about how you can do that by taking control of your life, by letting your uh, your light shine through in your life. So here's what you can do about it. We learned the emotions. We learned a little bit about the process. You can head over to her website, I vibrantliving.com and she has a number of programs that can be helpful to you there. I would just share that these are designed to help you to not only cope with fear, to cope with adversity, but to kick it to the curb. It's all about designing your life. So one particular program she has is to live your life by design, my not by default. And there you're going to discover six superpowers 
you may already uh, may already have possessed but are not aware of. So go to there to her website, and she's going to be helpful to you. Here at the Beyond Adversity podcast, we're all about being helpful to you to help you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Please, please, please head over to drbradmiller.com for over 180 episodes of this podcast designed to help you. We've got a free gift for you there as well. And we are here to be helpful with you in the teachings that we do about our what we call the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan, which is having an action bias, connecting with a higher power, think with discipline and serve others with love. We're here to be helpful to you. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and we look forward to serving you next time here on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. So until then, remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.